This podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's new Patreon community, the Global Coffee Think Tank. Check the show notes or head to patreon.com forward slash Mapper Forward to find out how you can become a member today. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and we are four episodes now into a wonderful discussion with Shahan. Shahan, we are talking about subjectivity and objectivity of coffee Mm -hmm. and good coffee in our industry. And we can't have a conversation with you without talking about coffee competitions and the objectivity and subjectivity of how they are uh, rated and scored and how – let's just take the idea of taste, for example – You know, taste is so subjective and yet you'll have a lot of people say, no, but taste is objective if you know exactly how to taste and how not to taste. But, you know, that one's always kind of broken my brain a little bit because biochemistry and our mood and all of those things play such an important role in the way we're tasting things at the time. So there's a real disconnect between objective and subjective when it comes to good coffee particularly yes. when it comes to competition. Do you have any thoughts mm. around this? Yes. Okay. Very important. Interesting, really, this discussion uh, in the sense that coffee at the base is not an objective thing. We drink coffee because we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. We love coffee and it is, at the end, it is an interaction of a coffee with us in the mouth, yep. with our brain, with all our senses. And we drink coffee because it does something to us. It is an experience. It is something we enjoy. So the experience, the whole coffee coffee world exists because of the subjective experience that we right. have. So it is at the base, it is a subjective experience. But of course, we share our subjective experience. Myself and uh, my friends uh, we we have perhaps common, so there's some kind of objective notion, but at the base, it is a subjective, it is my personal, and I don't have to explain why I like that coffee, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not forced to explain to anybody why I like that coffee, and even if people try to force me, I just like it, and uh, so at the base, it is a objective, a subjective experience, mm-hmm. but then to reach this flavor profile, you have to know so much about the coffee because if then you get a coffee that you don't like, how do you actually do to transform a coffee such that it fits me or it fits then to make it easy for research, it must fit a segment. You know, it must Mm -hmm. be like a group of people. Otherwise you won't do real research for one person individually, you know, but if you have like a huge segment of people who have like a similar experience, subjective experience, Mm-hmm. but like it still creates a segment, then you want to understand, once you know what they like, how to deliver this, this experience. And that part is science. It's objective science. You have to understand and measure the link between every single step. The quality and the experience is only expressed in the cup. But the cup is just the final result of huge amount of transformation and processes. Right. So you have, to, as a scientist, you have to understand the impact of, a, say, of a particle size distribution of a grind and how the share of fines or the, the, the course of the grind is affecting the final experience as a function of the ex- extraction technique that you have been using. 
are mm-hmm. the dose we use or the brew ratio. There are so many factors that has an impact on the fine experience. But you have, as a scientist, we have to understand every single property and process parameters and how they affect its final experience, which itself is a subjective experience. Mm-hmm. But anything that leads to there is actually an objective science. So what we do as a scientist, we look at the subject experience and we want to look at the segment is big enough to make science that to be relevant, mm-hmm. just to be economically relevant. But then we want to understand uh, through scientific, which means a lot of data, repetition, statistically uh, validated methods and uh, data, how the different steps or the properties of the green coffee or the storage condition of green coffee, the transport, the roasting, the grinding, the packaging, everything has an impact on that. And so we as scientists, we have objective methods and knowledge about how every single transformation steps affect the coffee to reach a specific cup that itself is subjective. But we understand how these processes and this transformation work. Mm -hmm. We master coffee to reach a subjective experience that we will not define. We will not define what the good coffee is. We will leave that to the consumer. But we understand how the grinding or the temperature of the water uh, or the brew ratio uh, or the roast profile, all that, might and will affect that. And so that's what we're doing. And as a scientist, that's where objective. Otherwise, it's just like black box science. You know, you do and do, and then you sometimes you end it. No, that's not what we want. And once we understand that, we might even then say, look, we can actually do the flavor a little bit different. Do you like like that as well? Mm -hmm. So we then have like a controlled approach to modulate. And then what I call to expand the sensory space of coffee. Because we understand it, we can do it in a controlled way. We can expand the sweetness, the acidity, the bitterness. And so why is bitterness coming? A lot of people don't, can we understand and reduce the bitterness? And so we can then at some point, once we are able to replicate and to control the consumer, we can start to expand the world of coffee, the sensory space of coffee, and then eventually start to gain new consumer or to bring to new experience, which they like, you know, so uh, which we do now with fermentation, you know, we're creating totally new coffees. Now, how does competition affect is what you also wanted to go to, I yeah. believe. Well, yeah. a- absolutely, because we've got this industry that seems to be leaning more and more heavily on competition. Yes, as a way exactly. of innovation and highlighting different innovation which I'm not sure is healthy for our industry because it is so subjective. Yes. So what competition, I think, first of all, if you want to improve something, Mm -hmm. you have to measure it. You have to make it visible. So competition is needed. If you want to get people who run faster, you have to make Olympic games so the people start to train. So a competition is also a way for people to aim for more training, you know, and uh, so it has, um, I think a competition is always important for a discipline to improve. If you would not have re- um, athletic competitions, people would not run that fast today. People would not jump that far today. So the competition is for those who are very ambitious 
to to find ways to go beyond what we can do today. And what we see today is in competition, uh, you have to to innovate in many aspects. You have to come with innovations in the way you talk about coffee, in the way you process coffee, you extract coffee. And at the end, what matters is always the experience in the cup. So in the in the competition, if you innovate something that has no impact in the cup, that will not be it will not be impactful the competition. So I think they are these are people who in the past had done a lot very in a very black box manner. Mm-hmm. But today I'm working more and more with competitors to develop to understand scientifically what's happening in the process and optimize that and bring that to the competition. So the extract chilling is a typical example that we did over the last two years in order to improve really the quality with the innovation. So I I see more and more. Also, in the past, we have seen many people, Andre Ironman, who innovated in roasting on stage. (laughs) And he's not the only one. There are many people who have really now in their routine, they integrate a lot of science when they, they even talk about it, how research was done to university and it helped them to develop specific notes. So um, the competitors today are becoming much more educated, much more open to science, and they go into science. So competition has become very science-driven. And what I see it's now that often the competitors are often way superior to the people who judge them. And uh, and so we should also have at the judging level, you know, this um, perhaps the judges are still one generation behind mm-hmm. the level of the competitors because the development is so fast and it happens with the competitors, whereas the judges are perhaps people who are already in a in a more mature phase in a development. And so the danger today is that the science and the innovation by some competitor is just going beyond the head of the judges. And uh, so we also have to pay attention at the level of judging because it becomes so fundamentally important to every competitors to to be judged properly. But this is another subject. I know everybody is paying attention, but the competitors are integrated more and more science when it comes, a lot was done in the past on fermentation techniques, mm-hmm. then on species and varieties, then also how to mix it with milk, you know, the marriage between milk mm-hmm. and coffee. Texture has become a very important, multimodal experience has become a very important aspect. And now also on extraction technologies. I think the competitor are getting more and more open to science. They actually realize you won't become a barista or a brewing champion if you don't are interested in the science going on. They have actually embraced science quite strongly. It seems that, particularly in recent history, competitors are are using science as a way to be more competitive. (laughs) Um, And sometimes I think that's a great thing and sometimes I think that that is uh, a little bit damaging, uh, if you don't mind me saying. It seems that um, in there have been times when people are using science as a way to perhaps discredit other competitors 
or discredit yes. judges or to discredit producers. Uh, and science yes. get brought gets brought in to be the alternative judge uh, beyond the competition for something yes. like that. Uh, okay. Are you starting to see something? Are, are you yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I see that. But um, but what they should do if they bring science in to discredit people, they should ask the scientist. You know, and that's that's then well said. because. Uh-huh. So, um, so in a way, I know that, but I think this is just a transitory phenomena. We are getting more and more asked. People realize that they should come to the scientists and talk to them when they make scientific judgments about things, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, we are in a phase where the championship and the competition is evolving at such a high speed with so much science coming in there will be a phase of consolidation of understanding how to work with that mm-hmm. so we are actually in a i would say in an unstable phase of huge developments you know mm-hmm. and uh, here the sca the special Cup association is aware of that and they are um, addressing this um, of course we're coming out of a covid phase of many challenges that have been yeah. on the sca so they cannot cope with everything. You know, they are not like, they are not the god of the specialty coffee movement. But um, they are still responsible for that. Mm-hmm. They have to take control of that. And I know that the people who are at the head of this organization, they can do that intellectually and um, mm-hmm. they have the capacity. So, um, so yeah, perhaps sometimes something happens that is not good, happens in every competition. But, um, but overall... I think the science is getting a bigger say in the performance, but at the end, it has to have an impact on the cup. You know, you cannot do scientific in in the industry at the in a in a second phase. You know, yeah. In the first phase, if you introduce eugenoides, you know, as a new as a new species, you're not going to affect the industry. You know, so and you realize that even at the championship level, that they want to do things that can be translated into something that could become impactful industry. So right. uh, you will see more and more innovations that can be translated, you know, uh, into something real. Uh, whereas in some cases, they were kind of such a niche that it will not have an impact, at least in the very medium term, you know. Well, or it can't be applied on the industry level. You know, it, yes. it, there, are, there are such big problems that our industry are facing that taking yeah. something like the introduction of eugenoides is just like so far beyond the scope of what any small yeah. business owner cares about right now when yes. inflation is such a big thing, a labor shortage is such a big thing, uh, climate change is impacting the availability of coffee, uh, logistics, all of these kinds of things. And this is where I have a real problem with the disconnect between the real world industry and the endeavors that are happening yeah. at the competition level. There's such a huge disconnect between what we call a barista in everyday life versus baristas that are competing at that level that are creating kinds of technologies that are almost irrelevant at yeah. the the real world industry level. Yes, yes. Well, this is... I don't want to judge on that. This is what mm-hmm. we have in the science between between basic science and applied science. Right. Basic science is needed. Absolutely. It is needed, it Absolutely. Is needed to do. 
and you need the applied science. So now the question is whether the basic science of coffee has a place in the barista competition. I think both have a place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, we'll see, you know, you can do things that are totally not applicable in the next 30 years. And it might have a place if really create something because it's starting to people make people think we're not able to do it, but shall we take care of that? Shall we start mm-hmm. to research on that? And it's a long-term approach, you know, how to integrate originoides in some way or can we get that? For it? So it has a place, but at the same time, the applied research or the applied part is getting more and more important. Yeah. So we will. this will then depend on the judging, you know, how the judges will evaluate different type of innovations. And um, I don't have really an opinion right on that. Um, That's fine. Because it's just, um, it's two different approaches. And uh, I think the discussion will have to come because the judges will decide which, because they are setting the the conditions to become world barista champion. Right. So whatever, whatever they decide, they promote. Yep. They will promote what they want. So they have to decide what they want to promote. And this is where that intersectionality of objectivity and subjectivity really gets a microscope put on it because competition yes. cannot be objective. It's not like we're all, you know, you use the the example of running in the Olympics. Yes. It's a very objective outcome. Who can run the fastest from start A to start B? Whoever gets yes. there at the end, that's an incredibly objective perspective. Yes. It's different when we're talking about barista competitions and Brewers' Cup competitions and all those kinds of things, right? It is different, but in a way, we are setting objectives, which the judge sets, and everybody tries to perform. These are the rules, you know, there are rules. And uh, and so we are setting the framework, mm-hmm. or we, basically the judge or SCA is judging the framework. And if you want to perform, you have to follow these rules, and then this criteria will be applied on you. So whatever we set as rules, the framework will be promoted. And mm-hmm. so... We have to think why we set which rules and what would you want to promote in the future in the specialty coffee. And uh, and that's a discussion which I didn't have really yet. You know, I'm not involved in setting rules. I'm not at all involved in that. And I'm not even sure whether there are groups who are, I'm sure there are people who are thinking about that. Right. It's going to have to be on the agenda at some point. And perhaps yes. having some scientists involved in that might be <laughs> might be helpful towards the outcome of the way competition goes into the future. So we'll yes. see. Now, in our final episode, we're going to be talking about where coffee research is headed into the future. So let's yes. go on and, and have that conversation. Peace, love, and peanut butter, everybody. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, folks. The best way that you can support this podcast is to join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash map it forward. There you can become a part of our community, the Global Coffee Think Tank, for as little as $3 a month. That's a total of $36 a year. We have a lot of big ideas for this community, so I really hope that you'll join in. This podcast is produced by Map It Forward, and the song you're currently listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight, which is produced by Evolutionary Theory. You can check the show notes for links. For more content from Map It Forward, consider joining our mailing list at mapitforward.org forward slash mailing list.